Hello and welcome to Call Bank Sports. Please leave a like, subscribe, and let's get rolling on the Utah Jazz. This week has been absolutely crazy as the Jazz came back from down 14 to beat the Los Angeles Clippers in game one, then dominated the majority of game two, other than some zone minutes that we're going to chat about here shortly. So, Dale, I mean, I personally didn't expect this. If I'm 100% honest, I put the Jazz beating the Clippers on my bracket. And I kind of felt like that was a bit of a homer pick. I, I don't want to out myself, but just with Paul George, even though he struggles during the playoffs, he still, I, I thought was a good player. I'm questioning myself on everything now, but Kawhi Leonard has been, you know, finals MVP two times for a reason. He's defensive player of the year, two times over for a reason. Like I, I just, and they have some great support on the bench, you know, in that starting unit. So I personally, especially with Mike being out, did not expect this. I, I don't know what you were expecting us to be talking about today, you know, Tuesday morning. Um, yeah, it, it's it's been probably the two most dramatic games maybe of the playoffs uh, so far. Like, uh, you get, number one, like game one, I think, was probably the most dramatic game of the playoffs so far. And game two is up there. Yeah. Uh, especially with like the, the Clippers come back and the Jazz has come. As soon as the Clippers take the lead, the Jazz come and just steal it right back or up by 10. And the whole Paul George just running into Donovan Mitchell thing, which like uh, it turns out like it's probably nothing, but I guess we'll see in game three. Yeah. Um, but going into it, like it was a tough call because like you said, the Clippers, they have two stars. They're a very talented team. And I honestly, I, I picked the Jazz to win as well um i thought the jazz were a better team and i didn't really realize how much of a better team the jazz were until game one and that's tough to say because we only won by three but watching the confidence that the jazz played with and just the number of pieces that the jazz have the number of weapons that we have compared to the clippers i feel like the clippers weapons aren't as reliable uh Kawhi leonard just isn't taking over basketball games like he, yeah uh, at least in this series so far i'm sure we'll see him go off in one of these games in LA but I like it's tough to know like like I it's tough to know exactly what I was thinking going in with the Conley injury because I thought Conley was going to play up until right before game one but my honest opinion is like I wouldn't be shocked and I this isn't what I'm predicting but I wouldn't be shocked if the Jazz even pull it out in five games I would be shocked for the Jazz sweep but the Jazz just are looking and playing like the better team right now they really are. And looking back at game one, like when you get deeper into it, the Jazz missed, what, 20 plus straight shots. And looking at it originally, I'm like, well, that's not going to happen again. And it's not. But when you get deeper and look at the analytics, like they were off the bounce threes. So the Jazz don't hit those nearly as well. No team in the NBA does. But coming back from that, like you said, and just absolutely shutting down Kawhi Leonard, and Paul George, like shout out to Royce O'Neal and to um, Boyan Bogdanovich. Like Royce, we expect that that's his job. That's literally why he starts is to shut down the number one option. And doing that at six, four is impressive. Boyan Bogdanovich, like Joe Ingles kind of called him out. It's like, you're playing defense this hard, but you can't do it during the regular season. Like what is up with Bojan just bodying Kawhi Leonard and not allowing him to get anything 
Like the hustle that I've seen from the team as a whole. This, this series is when I realized how good the Jazz were. I've known how good they were the whole season, like that they have a good offense, that they have these things. But I did definitely have playoff doubts of like, when you play a team like the Clippers, who's as deep as they are and has two all-stars, two, well, one superstar now, I'm not going to say two superstars, <laughs> but when you play them, like, and they have, they haven't been playing with heart, but I thought they would be just seeing what the jazz are right now has just been so invigorating for me this week. And yeah, it's, uh, there's a lot to go into game one. And, and this is, I did the post game for that. But there's something that I've wanted to say that I wasn't able to say there because the headlines didn't come out, and and I think this, like thinking about it, the like I think it really tells us who the Jazz are. But all the headlines were Jazz fell apart in first half, Clippers fell apart in second half. I don't think that's the story of the game. I don't think the Clippers fell apart at all during the game. I think no. the Clippers just sucked the entire game. Uh, like when the Jazz missed those 21 straight shots in the first quarter. The Clippers couldn't take advantage of that. The Jazz still held them to 25 points. The Clippers weren't shooting great. And so that really shows how good of this how good this team is because even like most of the time if you're bad on offense, you're typically bad on defense. When you're bad on defense, you're like bad on offense. They they like work with each other. Even when yeah. the Jazz could not buy a shot, they their defense was awesome. They held the Clippers to 25 points, which in the first quarter, which is like exactly what you want them to. If you can hold them to that every quarter, the defense is doing great. So, uh, like the Jazz defense still was top of the NBA even when their offense was awful. And then Quinn Snyder, he believed in the team enough that even when he called a timeout in the first quarter, he didn't tell them, "Okay, guys, let's get a layup." He said, "No, our game plan is to get threes. Keep so shooting do it. threes." Yeah, and it because he stuck to his guns. That's probably why they won the game. I mean, let me double check the team stats for that game really quick. Like the difference in the game and there's, you can get more into it. The jazz made um, 17, three pointers compared to 16, three pointers by the Clippers. The jazz won by three. Um, <laughs> the jazz did take an extra eight shots to get that extra one make. But I mean, law of averages panned out and the jazz shot over 50% from three. I think it was 20 of 39 in game two. So that's not going to happen again. And that's why I think the Clippers are going to pick up a win um, in the next couple games is because the Jazz played absolutely insane on Tuesday. Like, oh, sorry, on Thursday. The basketball they played was flawless to a level. There were zone issues, but uh, it was just an amazing game overall. Now, looking at the box score of game one, I, I need you to tell me, how is Kawhi Leonard hitting nine of 19 shots Going four from the four for four from the line, a bad game for Kawhi Leonard. Since that was the narrative, is that Paul George and Kawhi had bad games in game one. Like Paul George, four of 17. I mean, three of eight from three, three point land. So he was one of nine from two. And a large part of that is because of Rudy Gobert. Um, I don't think Paul George took a shot at the hoop that game because of Rudy Gobert. But like, yeah, Paul George had a bad game and should have shot better from two. Like, he does that, maybe they win. But Kawhi Leonard did not did not have a bad game, at, at least from what I'm looking at when I look at the stat line. I, 
And it, it, like if it was the regular season, that wouldn't have been a bad game. You're fine with Kawhi Leonard doing that. But like, and I'm I'm going like this is what Shaq says, and obviously we don't trust Shaq's opinion <laughs> on everything. On but, anything, so, just to make that clear, on anything. But but like Shaq says, like, hey, in the in the regular season, if you're a star, you need to be doing 25 points a game, and if you do around that, you're fine, and then your good yeah. games are 30 plus. He's like, when you get to the playoffs, your regular games need to be 30 plus, and your good games need to be 40 plus. And I he says that, but Shaq didn't really have a ton of 40 plus point games in the playoffs. I don't think. I may be wrong. Yeah. Um, maybe no, it was 50 fair, point I, plus games. But I will acknowledge him having a point there. Yeah, I'll, and, I'll go that far. If, if Kawhi Leonard is the guy, like, because he has a he has plenty of good players around him, but. Every championship team that you see has a star that really like drags the team to the playoffs, no matter how good the supporting cast is. Kawhi Leonard's not showing that effort that he's not he's not trying to drag or not to the playoffs, but the, to the finals. He's not really showing like twenty. What would, he scored twenty four points in game one. Um, he scored Kawhi scored twenty three in game one. Yeah. Okay. So tw- and tw- that's not an effort of dragging your team to the finals. That's a no. Okay, I'm getting my shots. I'm doing my part. As long as everyone else does their part, we'll win. But yeah. he needs to do a little bit more than his part. And speaking of that, let's just kind of go down the line. I feel like game one like sums this up perfectly. So Leonard led the team with 23. Donovan Mitchell led the team with 45. Coming in at second, you have Paul George with 20. Um, you have Jordan Clarkson and Bogdanovich tied each with 18. Then third place, you have Luke Kennard with 18. And then you start going down the line and you have... 11, 9, 9, um, 6, 6, 5, 2. And then you're on the Jazz after you get past that 18, and you have 10, 8, 8, 3, 2. So, yeah, Donovan did definitely carry the team a lot with his 45 there. But even then, just you had three players who were productive for the Jazz with Donovan Mitchell doing the equivalent of two players' work. And you only had three players who were effective on the Clippers. So the fact that you had three effective Jazz players and Donovan going off is what helped win the game. Like the Jazz are a much deeper team, which I knew. I just, which I knew the Jazz were deep. I just didn't expect the Clippers supporting cast to play this poorly. Um, and there's a lot that goes into that. It, and number one, I think, is Rudy Gobert. Since why can Bogdanovich guard Kawhi Leonard like he does? Because if Kawhi Leonard gets past him, like Kawhi Leonard's not getting to the rim. He's not going to get to the rim. So yes, Kawhi can shoot a mid-range shot. He's one of the best players at doing it in the NBA. But you're fine with that because just even though he's one of the best, like if he's not at the rim and he's not shooting a three, that's the shot you want the team to take. You want them to take like the 15-foot jumper. You want them to take the 8-foot floater because those aren't like really effective shots. Yeah, and and especially if he he's being like how close Bojan's guarding him, he's already a little bit like he's trying to make sure he doesn't turn the ball over with that kind of defense on him. He gets past Bojan and he's nervous about Grudy. So his yeah. like he has his mind's in so many different places that by the time he pulls up for the jumper, like it may be open, but it's a little bit of a tougher jumper than than a normal mid range for him. So yeah, and. I mean, that's what makes the Jazz so great is people talk about Rudy Gobert only defending the paint. Um, 
And yeah, he's not great on the perimeter. I'm not going to give that to you. Now, you don't expect a 6'2 guy who's a great perimeter defender to go and guard a big, you know, in in the key. So that that's a non-starter argument for me. But what Rudy Gobert being in the paint allows us to do, allows the Jazz to do, is to body up three-point shooters. They are the number one team at denying the three-point shot. Teams take the least amount of three-point shots against the Jazz than any other team in the NBA. And that's because of Rudy Gobert. That's Rudy Gobert, 100%. So that's Rudy Gobert guards the perimeter. He might not be out there, but Rudy Gobert guards the perimeter because that's why the Jazz get to do that. So, and I mean, the Clippers have experimented bringing in small lineups and whether or not it's just they haven't attacked the Jazz like they should, that obviously hasn't worked. So, I mean, they're still looking for adjustments. The best adjustment they made in the series so far was pull the fire alarm. Um, I believe, who was it? David Locke, I think, said this is the equivalent of pulling the fire alarm so you don't have to take the math test. <laughs> um, and I, I want to know your thoughts on the zone. But yeah, it allowed them to get back into the game. I'm not worried about the zone at all. But it definitely like hurt the Jazz and allowed the Clippers to get back into it and look like they could win it. And, and yeah, they, they threw it at them. Um, I don't think the Jazz were expecting that. But yeah. it's like in a playoff series, you get to play the team multiple times. So you get that element of surprise once. Yeah. And then the team has had some experience playing against it. The coaches had some time to to break it down a little bit more and work with the team on that. Obviously, not a ton of time to drill it, so it's not like they're the most experienced against the zone. But they won the game where they where the Clippers pulled out the element of surprise. So unless they have other cards up their sleeve, um, and, and that one didn't even work, they ended up winning. So unless the Clippers <laughs> have more cards up their sleeve, like I'm, they should play the zone because it was obviously more effective. But it's not going to be the difference maker between the Clippers winning and losing. Uh, it'll ju- it's just like a um, little bit more of an advantage until the Jazz really figure it out. Yeah, there's definitely a reason why you don't see the zone in the NBA, right? Because the players are capable of beating it. So even if they didn't get to drill it, um, film study and just like reminding the players, this is how you beat a zone. I, I expect and, to see if they pull it a zone, the Jazz just to like thrash them for it. That, that's what t- I expect. And the tough part with most zones is it leaves open perimeter shots. That's Which, why the zone is great in like high school and college because there's not a ton of great three point shooters. Yeah, the Jazz. Everyone's a great three point shooter except for Derek Favors and Rudy Gobert. So, like, eventually they'll figure that out and just get a bunch of threes. N- no, and so yeah, everything you said, hundred percent agree with it. So, I'm personally super excited for tonight. Um, I hope Mike Kelman gets back soon. Not expecting to see him play tonight. Um, that's just me personally, though. He is listed as day to day, and Serge Ibaka. Um, that's going to be a big. In- that's he's out for the season, season oh, and back surgery. So I, uh, even though him coming back would have been bad for the Jazz, I really wanted to see him play. Uh, yeah, I, I think it would have made the series. Like I think it would have made the series a lot more interesting, and I don't think it would have been a much of an a big enough influence to make the Jazz lose. But I would have loved to see how they used him. But no, I, I mean, I, I didn't want to see him come back um, from like a basketball perspective. But man, like back surgery doesn't sound like fun. I mean, that's probably going to be a lot of pain for the rest and of his life. I'm not sure where it's going to be like just that could be... thoughts to him like that. 
that really sucks. I, I, I hope, I hope he does good. And he's probably, you know, like on his way out the door in the NBA, but like, I, I never want to wish that on anyone. I want the jazz to be successful, but I, I don't want to wish injuries on people. And as much as I don't like most of the players on the Clippers, I, I still really like Serge Ibaka. And he's like, I think he's young 30s, but he's just kind of not aged quite as well as other players. How old is Serge Ibaka? Let me look that up here. He was born in 89. Yeah, so he's 31. Dang, I thought he was a lot older than that. So, no, that really does suck. Hopefully he's able to come back and next year and have some more success there. Awesome. Yeah. But so it looks like, like it's not a foregone conclusion that the jazz are going to win this series. Yeah. We're in a really, really good spot. We've had two good games that were both tight. So we'll, I like, I bet everyone is predicting the jazz will win, but let's not get our hopes up. But like with that being said, looking around the rest of the playoffs, uh, we have the Suns who just took a 3-0 lead versus Denver. So if the Jazz make it past the Clippers, which they probably will, there's a really, really high chance we'll play the Suns. And then yeah. looking, looking do, at the do East... Do you want to see what 538 says? Um, it's, it's, 538 is close to 100% 98%. And um, Basketball Reference gives um, Phoenix... What what are they giving Phoenix? They're giving Phoenix a ninety five percent chance. So you know, uh, one in twenty, one in twenty from basketball reference. <laughs> Sorry, you can get back to the East, but you're right. Like yeah. no one's ever come back from three zero. Denver's not going to do it. Maybe if they had Jamal Murray, but yeah. it's not going to happen. So and Denver came back from two three one. So if anyone can do it, like fair enough. But, Jamal Murray can do it. I, and I I think that's really been hurting Denver. And I again feel bad. Like. That really stinks to just have a competitor like him out oh. for honestly possibly the next two playoffs. So that's rough. But and and in the East, I don't know. Like I don't know what to pull from it. Both series are at two one. The Hawks just kind of stole one from the Sixers. I don't think the Hawks are going to steal another one. And Milwaukee Brooklyn has been an interesting series because Milwaukee has looked awful, and then Game Three they forced Brooklyn to look awful too. So Milwaukee could pull out a win in Game Three, but I turned off the Bucks. The Bucks can pull that off. That's awesome. I don't want to see Brooklyn in the finals. Oh, same. But I don't think that's going to happen. Um, I think, like whoever makes it out of the West gets to face Brooklyn, and I'm going to be rooting for whoever comes out of the West. Well, it doesn't get to face Brooklyn. They have to face Brooklyn. Like, let's just. I no, you're totally right. Um. I think Brooklyn's going to make it. Th- that's why I have a hard time s- watching the see, thinking the Jazz are going to win the finals this year is just because of how dominant James Harden, Kevin Durant, and Kyrie Irving are offensively. But you know, um, Bojan has made me feel a tiny bit more confident in like the possibility of this. Because yeah, so, now we have two. Now we have more defenders. Now we have more defenders. So, I mean, what you're probably going to put Bogdanovich. Is I mean, is probably going to be on Kevin Durant. Like, maybe not. Like, maybe you're going to run Royce there, but the height of Bogdanovich would be really nice on Durant. You just put your worst defender on Durant because he's going to score no matter what. (laughs) (laughs) 
you're just like, you're going to beat us. So we're just going to guard everyone else. We're going to put Royce on Blake Griffin just so Blake Griffin doesn't hurt. He, okay. Here's an interesting, like, I would almost rather Royce on, like, Joe Harris. Because if you can at least slow down, like, the ISO scorers, but, like, make sure Joe Harris is not getting open three. Yeah, but I like, feel like you that, can... That, that limits the offense a ton. Is Joe Harris starting or is he coming off the bench? He's starting. So oh, he's starting? It's, okay. It's the big three with Joe Harris and Blake Griffin, and then they have whoever's on their bench. Like most So of the they kind of play a five out. Like Not that Blake's good at shooting, but he's able to move around. And he, and he can hit corner threes. Yeah. So that's, that's going to be interesting with a five-man out there if the Jazz end up making it that far, and so do the Nets. So the thing is for Joe Harris, like, I'm more of the mindset since Conley's a bit better of a defender than Mitchell. Um, I, I'm pretty sure that's the right aspect on it. I feel like you just tell Donovan Mitchell, stick with Joe. And and Donovan like, can do that. Don't play help defense. Just stay like, on Joe. Just, the just stay time. on Joe. And Donovan can do that. Um, and it's not like the Jazz are really going to like suffer from not having him, from not having him like in help rotation on defense that much. So, so that's why I'd, I don't think you'd put Royce there because Joe Harris is great. Like, I'm not going to take that away from him. He is one of the best three-point shooters in NBA history. Um, does it as a help player, so it's not as impressive as Steph Curry, you know, but he's one of the best of all time. I, I just don't think he's good enough in other situations off the ball to warrant putting Royce on him. So, But yeah. I think our main hope for this was to talk about the Suns and like yeah. what we, we, we got off. We, you know, we're just that confident in what the Jazz are going to do that instead of talking about the West, the possible Western Conference Finals matchup, we just went straight to the Finals matchup. Um, I, I've said this multiple times. So the Jazz have only played the the Suns once, in my opinion. Um, second time, third time that they played them, both Mike and Donovan were out, so that doesn't count at all. Like, fight me on that. It it does not count. <laughs> And then um, first time was in the first eight games of the season. And yes, the Jazz were other, unless of course you just want to say Joe Ingles wasn't healthy because obviously he wasn't healthy. The Jazz were great. The the Jazz weren't doing too great. Sorry. I'm just so used to saying the Jazz are great that <laughs> I, I went on autopilot there, but game two, um, trying to pull it up right now. Game two went to overtime. Oh, that's right. That was a good game. That like, it was a, Good game, and I'm just trying to pull up the roster. The Jazz just the, the Jazz fought; they just fell apart in overtime, if I remember yeah. correctly. Oh, did I? Sorry, let me. Okay, so uh, the final score was one seventeen, um, one thirteen. I think. I, uh, dang it! I fell down an absolute wrong rabbit hole here. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, like Chris Ball has been playing a lot better. Then anyone saw him. I saw something this morning that said two years ago, Chris Paul was the worst contract in the NBA. Like at, doing absolutely nothing, just worth so much money. You can't like you couldn't get rid of it to save your life. Just absolute worst contract in the NBA. And um, now look at him like yeah. Chris Paul might well, actually finally make it to a finals on the team. Like other than the OKC, like. You didn't think it was going to make it there with OKC, but I just thought that all the Suns hype at the beginning of the season was bull crap, and obviously that was not the case. And well, and this is a little bit off topic, but 
Chris Paul has a player option, and he's been playing so good that he's actually considering declining the player option because he thinks he'll he, he he knows he probably won't get that much money next season, but he thinks he can get more money long term if he resigns this year. No, so that I thought that was kind of interesting. interesting. And I was like, do you pay him the $42 million? Or I think that the restructure I kind of saw floated around was like $34 million a year for three years. Um, if, if I was Chris Paul, I'd take that. Yeah. I, and I mean, I think that's what he wants. I don't know if that's what the Suns want. I, I like I'm, He's shown a lot. I'm frankly just shocked he's not injured. Um, and like he's, he's well, what, he, like 36, 37? I'm, I'm shocked that he's been that he's missed as few games that he has, that he's so healthy. He missed a couple, but he's back and he's looking good now. Yeah. So frankly, going to be honest here, I would not be shocked if Chris Paul like goes down in the rest of the Nuggets series or at any point. Like when Chris Paul went down in the Lakers series, I'm like, well, this is kind of what I expected to happen. And he's bounced back from it a lot quicker than I thought he would, which is great. But it's just concerning. like with his lack of rest during the season and looks like he might get a decent amount of rest before the Western conference finals, but I'll, I'll, I'll be intrigued. I'm not hoping he gets injured obviously, but it wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. And, but to talk about how the Suns match up against the jazz, I, the Suns did have everyone in that second game. That's what I was trying to check. They, They had everyone, everyone played their normal amount of minutes. Like it was a fair representation of like what this series is going to be. So it's going to be super exciting. I, yeah, I think, I don't know. I think this is a tough matchup for the jazz. I think the suns match up really, really well with the jazz. Um, and, and like, the, because they're, they're built in a, in a similar, but different way. Like they, they still have a big center who he's more of an offensive minded center than a defensive minded center. They have a lot of shooting, so that, but they also have stars who can just take over ISO. So it's like they're built, and they have Chris Paul who can run the offense and just get the ball where he needs it to be to get the open shot. But if it's late in the shot clock, they have it in Chris Paul's hands or Devin Booker's hands, and they can pull off some magic shot that even with the best defense they'll still hit. So I think yeah. that's like the tough part for the Jazz. And the Jazz are obviously built in a very similar way, just a little more defensive-minded. But the Jazz have a lot more playoff experience than the Suns team. So here's why I think the Jazz are going to win. Um, and overall, you can look at this. The Suns are very good at putting a lot of pressure on the Jazz shooters. Um, and that's why I'm concerned about playing them, is they're able to put a lot of pressure on the shooters, and if fouls aren't getting called out there, um, and if they're not being forced to back off, then the Jazz shooters struggle. Um, this game was lost by four points, right? Um, Jazz made 46 of 103 field goals. Suns made 45 of 101. Here's the big kicker here. Um, Jazz made 11 of 44 three-pointers for, um, three for 25%. The Suns made 11 of 34 for 32.4%. So same amount of threes. Jazz just shot 10 more and missed all of them. So you're, I mean... We did make a comment after game one against the Grizzlies. Jazz are never going to shoot this bad again. Now we said that after game one of the, of the Clippers. Jazz are never going to shoot this bad again. First of all, I don't think there's going to be a lot of rest between the series just based on how the Suns are going to do. But I don't foresee the Jazz shooting that bad for a whole series. And if it's that close, 
of a game and the Jazz are hitting 36 plus percent of their threes and the Suns, you know, aren't doing, um, aren't, are kind of doing the same thing. Like I think the Jazz are going to win just purely based off the fact that they almost won when they had a terrible night from behind the arc. Hey, here's my like, yeah, I, I think it's going to be an awesome series. And it's I think the first two games are going to play a huge role in it. Yeah. Um, if the Jazz can go up 2-0, I think they have the series. It won't it won't go to seven. They'll be able to keep it a, a shorter series, like like five or six games. If the Suns split one one with the Jazz, I think it's going to seven and it's a toss up of who wins that game seven. And then I can't imagine the Suns going up 2-0 in the first two, but if that happens, the Jazz are in trouble. And they, no, they, they really need to fight back, and it's the Suns series at that point. No, you're totally right. They really are. Um, they really would be in a lot of trouble. So, yeah, personally, um, I expect the Jazz to win that. It's going to be hard. Um, the Suns have shown that they are, they are a concerning matchup for the Jazz. But after watching how the Jazz play the Clippers, who also showed that they were a concerning matchup for the Jazz... I expect them to win if they make it there. They do need to make it there. That's definitely a big factor. Like they have to win one of these games in LA and then hopefully close it out at home. But I think the crowd has helped the jazz a lot. Like, and I, the Clippers don't have a crowd. I went to a Memphis game where the jazz won with 13,000 fans, you know, versus going to in game one. And the difference those 5,000 fans make is like unquantifiable it is a logarithmic scale it it just goes (laughs) up like crazy so i'm i'm excited like i to see what happens i went i gotta go to a spurs game in 08 when the jazz were in the western conference finals and the jazz frankly did not earn that trip to the western conference finals they got lucky if the jazz make it to the western conference finals this year it's earned and they have a great chance of making it to the finals so there's never been a better time to be a jazz fan. Maybe at some point in the nineties, but at least during the time that I've been alive and cognizant, there has never been a better jet time to be a jazz well, fan. Now's definitely the better time, the best time because Michael Jordan's not in the league. So <laughs> now's definitely the best time because there's still a chance of winning. We don't, I'd rather no, play. I'd rather play the nets than Michael Jordan's bulls. I, I mean, as long as Jordan doesn't push up, well, no, <laughs> I've looked at it. Those plays probably weren't the worst thing in the world. I'll admit it. Jazz could have just done better by being ahead, but dang, I, I'd really love to see ball. a banner to see a banner being hoisted up next year. So thank you so much for everyone joining us on this ride. Um, I'll be doing post game tonight and on Saturday and also on Monday. So please join us there. Hopefully we don't have one on Wednesday because hopefully the jazz just sweep it 4-0. but we'll be covering every game, this series and every game through the Western conference finals. And you know, fingers crossed every game in the finals. So thanks again and go jazz.